are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making Locked On Mariners your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today is Monday, October 25th. 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. New episode dropping for our tier twos and threes later on today. So visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information if you want to be a part of that. It's the start of a new week here on Locked On Mariners, which means it's Mailbag Mondays. You submitted a bunch of questions to us on Twitter, so we're going to answer as many as we possibly can on today's show. And if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We'd greatly appreciate it. So, Colby, we're going to start here with at WeEatonWs on Twitter, who asked, who was your favorite Mariner when you were growing up? And who's your favorite Mariner right now? Colby, would you like to start? Sure. Um, it's always interesting because people grow up in different eras. And so their favorite player, yeah. uh, you know, changes pretty quickly. But uh, I became a, a big baseball fan um, really in the spring of 2001. And the Mariners were the closest team to me. Uh, so, yeah, the, that's, that's how I became a Mariners fan uh, in the year of 2001. Uh, and you know, everybody in my little league, uh, they wanted to be Ichiro. So that was everybody's favorite player. Um, except for mine, I, I, I liked Ichiro. Sure. But, uh, my favorite player was actually Edgar Martinez. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I wore, you know, number 11 from my first year of little league until the very last, uh, baseball game I ever played. And that was, that was because of Edgar. He was my favorite. Um, as for my favorite right now, I mean, it's kind of tough to say. Um, you know, Jake Bowers is probably way up there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's see, it's, this could change because once Julio comes up, I have a feeling it'll be Julio, but, uh, for now I'm right. going to say my, my favorite Mariner right now is, is probably, I'm going to say Jared Kelnick right now is my favorite. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, it was Seager for a long time, and then you know this last year. But uh, yeah, you know, lots lots of likable Mariners on this team. But I just I just like uh, Kelnick. I like the uh, the joy he plays with. I like the uh, the fire that he's not afraid to show, and uh, and I like that. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of uh, a guy who can ignite the the fan base in a way that uh, you know guys like you know better players like Ty France they just don't really have that personality. So. I'll say Kelnick yeah. right now. Kelnick is mine as well because uh, he's just kind of this beacon of hope for this team in a way. He's just the, the sign of, of things hopefully turning around, and especially the month that he had in September was kind of a sign of him turning things around personally. So uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun seeing him kind of be the engine of uh, that September run that they had, uh, which was incredibly magical, and he was a huge part of it. And also his relationship with uh, Scott Service is pretty adorable, not going to lie. Um, my favorite player growing up, though, was Mike Cameron. 
uh, you know, same as you, you know, a lot of people loved Ichiro growing up and, and all that. And that was great. I love Ichiro too. Um, but I loved, loved, loved Mike Cameron. Uh, and it really started when he had the four home run game. Cause that was the day after my birthday. And I was just, I was a huge fan from that moment forward. You think about the gold glove caliber defense. The guy was a five and a half win player in three straight seasons for the Mariners from 2011, uh, 20, 2011, 2001 to 2003. And uh, just looking at his numbers now, he was just a fantastic, incredibly fun player. Uh, so many moments that he brought. And, um, you know, it's kind of sad that he was only around for four years because he was just so much fun to watch uh, in, uh, in center field. Um, so we're going to move on here to, uh, to Connor Webb at C web 15. He's got a couple of questions here. Uh, the first of which, uh, asking about Luke Voigt. Could Luke Voigt be a potential target for a trade this offseason? Luke Voigt, of course, the first baseman slash DH for the Yankees that they acquired from the Cardinals. Um, and then asks, uh, maybe could Voigt be involved in a deal for Glaber Torres and mentions that um, Voigt is club controlled through 2024. Colby, I know that you really like Voigt. What do you think about him as a potential target for the Mariners this offseason? I'm going to pass on that. Um, okay. I, I like Voigt, the player, fine. But, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. it there. You're, he's a first base DH. You have Ty yeah. France. And yeah. you have Mitch Haniger, who really should be a DH. And so you can only carry so many of those guys on your roster. Mm-hmm. So unless you want a full-time DH, which we know the Mariners specifically do not, uh, yeah. it just, just doesn't make sense to carry Voigt because France is a better defender and, and you know probably a better overall hitter. Voigt certainly has more power, or at least he's shown more power than France, but he's not an upgrade over Ty France. And again, you want that. You want that second. You want that uh, DH spot mm-hmm. to be open so you can rotate guys through. So Voigt just isn't a fit. I mean, if he could play third at all, maybe, but he can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's just not a fit. So it, it's it's you know it's a fun player, um, but no, it's it's not a fit. And club control really doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah, not anymore. Uh, it means very little. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, it's it's a pass on Voight. He just he's just not a fit with the uh, with the current roster. Um, so another question from Connor here also asks about a another trade target. Uh, starts the question off by saying everyone's talking about a trade for uh, Cleveland star Jose Ramirez, but how about a trade for their ace Shane Bieber? Uh, gives the Mariners their front of the rotation guy. Would it be a similar package as it would be for Jose Ramirez? Uh, mentions that he has one more year of control, but is coming off of an injury, which I think is a pretty important piece to this. And, and right. Bieber is someone that you've certainly talked about uh, quite a bit over the last couple of months of, as we've been doing our shows. What do you think about Bieber and the Mariners? Uh, I think it's it's fine. It's it's somebody to ask about, certainly, but I don't think it's somebody Cleveland's going to trade uh, quite yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So to convince them to trade, you would again, uh, you know, you'd have to overpay if that's possible for an ace. Um, so I just don't see any way you're getting you're getting uh, Bieber without giving up Julio or Kalnick and and probably mm. George Kirby on top of one of those two. So um, and again, the the extra year of club control it really means nothing for the Mariners in 2022, but it means a lot to Cleveland. So Cleveland's going to want you to pay for that extra year as they should. 
But for the Mariners, it doesn't really make sense to do that because you don't care about 2024 when you're trying to win in 2022. So yeah, yeah, club control is a lot less important than it used to be. Um, It's not, it's not, it doesn't have, it's not that it doesn't have zero importance. It's just not all that important. What you're focused on right now is 2022. So um, yeah, I just, again, if you can get them for something similar to what you can get Ramirez for fine, but you know, I, I think it's probably going to cost you Julio and somebody like Kirby uh, to get that started. And I'm just I'm not willing to do that. Uh, I would be, you know, absolutely thrilled if they were able to trade for Shane Bieber. It's Shane Bieber. It's a you know, perennial Cy Young candidate. Obviously, there's some injury concerns there, but I think, you know, for the kind of player that you're getting. And by the way, he's only 26 years old and that's also going to play into account here. And he's not making any money, really. He's are eligible for the first time this year so um yeah the cleveland should uh and absolutely will uh price him pretty high and i just i don't think that's a price that you should pay just yet at this point in um it, not really in your rebuild anymore just at the start of contending at the start of your contention window i guess um, and you're not even contending for a World Series right now. You're contending for a playoff spot. Um, so I just for a team that's in the the Mariners' position right now, I, I would I would suggest against it. Um, but if this was maybe you know they needed the last piece to push them across the, the finish line, then sure you overpay for that guy. Whatever. That's what good teams are you know that are wanting to win World Series have to you know pretty much have to do. But right now where the Mariners are at. Um, I, I don't think that they should be swinging for the fences like that. It's just, it's a lot. Um, but we'll see. Uh, that would be certainly interesting. And like you said, if, if you can get them for a Jose Ramirez type package, then I think you should absolutely entertain that where you're not going to be giving up a Julio Rodriguez or a Jerry Kelnick plus a George Kirby or something. Maybe you start with that Kirby, Noel V. Marte type of prospect to lead that package, but we'll see how it goes. So we're going to answer more questions from you, our listeners in just a moment, but real quick, I want to remind you this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by direct TV stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all platforms. Let's get into more questions here at CKESPN. Asks, uh, what does Matt Olson look like at third base, and what is the package to get him? He grew up playing third. He gives you a left-handed bat. Think he has more agility than France. Got to believe it might be cheaper option than Jose Ramirez. All right, Colby, this is kind of a weird one, but I'll give it up to uh, at CKESPN for the creativity here. Uh, what do you think about Matt Olson at third base? Why would you move a gold glove caliber player off of his position? 
to downgrade at a significantly at a pretty significant level. But and even if you trade Matt Olson, you say we'll move Ty France to third. Well, that's kind of the same issue. Ty France is a bad third baseman. So I, I don't I don't really care what he did growing up. I mean, I pitched growing up. Does that mean I could pitch in the majors? No. So um, and I, that's not what you're saying. But I just to me the idea of the third base thing. Why move an all star off of a spot that he's great at? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, is Olson's bat enough that you can you know live with Ty France playing third base? Yeah, I think it might be. But I don't know if it's going to cost less than Jose Ramirez. I think it probably should cost a little bit less, but it's not going to be that much. We're talking about two MVP caliber bats. And Ramirez, mm-hmm. you know what the beauty of Ramirez is? Is you know he can play third base. So yeah. just pay the extra for Ramirez. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, what's the difference here? Is the difference Brandon Williamson? Then just pay Brandon Williamson and go get the the already good third baseman and don't try and you know ask a pro ask a you know a a an all star an MVP candidate to go out there and try and learn a new position this winter. Just don't do that. Just go pay the extra for Jose Ramirez. So um, I mm-hmm. think it's going to cost pretty close to that package. Again, both guys have two years of club control left. Both are you know perennial all stars and both are going to get MVP votes. So I just I don't know. It, it, it's why. Just go pay the little bit extra that it's probably going to cost to get Ramirez and just have a third baseman that you know can play third base. So, mm-hmm. um, look, if they get Matt Olson, then fine. Then you figure out a way to put play Ty France at second, third, DH, um, and you move him around that way. And you, you play him at first base, and Matt Olson will DH some days. But don't move Matt Olson off of first base. That's where he's best at. Keep him there. Mm-hmm. Um and if you really want the third baseman and you want to keep Ty France at first, then just go pay the extra for Jose Ramirez. All right. So at Josh underscore Josh, or sorry, at just underscore Josh G. Uh, if the Mariners theoretically add multiple bats to the infield and relegate Abraham Toro to the in- utility infielder role, where does that leave Dylan Moore? Does he offer enough as strictly a platoon outfield option to be worth a roster spot? Um, I'll start with you here, Colby. Where do you think Dylan Moore fits into the puzzle of the 2022 Mariners? Assuming Abraham Toro takes over primary utility roles uh, in a different organization or on the streets. Like it, it's yeah. Dylan Moore doesn't provide any value. You can't count on any value coming from Dylan Moore's bat. So the idea of mm-hmm. keeping him around as a, a, you know, a platoon guy outfielder, that doesn't make any sense. Just go get somebody who's better. Um, right. there's certainly better hitters out there, right-handed hitters is because Moore's only going to play. If he's strictly an outfield platoon guy, he's only going to play against lefties. Just go get Tommy Pham. you know, go get any of the other right-handed bats that are out there or any of the lefties who can also hit righties. Like it just, it doesn't make sense to, to try and keep him around if he's not the utility guy, if he's not the everyday guy, because yes, his defense is valuable and yes, his base running is valuable. But if you're only going to play part-time, then those two factors, they don't really help all that much because, mm-hmm. you know, defensive value is kind of cumulative. It, it builds value over the season because you're constantly better than the next guy. That's how you build defensive value. So being great, a great defender off the bench, if you can't hit at all, really doesn't bring any value. So you just move on from him. 
if Toro's the guy that you like and you feel like Toro can hit, and I, I think he can, then you just move on from Dylan Moore and, and you replace him in the organization with any of the other, you know, hundred, you know, utility guys, minor league utility guys who have an interesting tool or two. And you just do it that way. So, yeah, you just move on from Dylan Moore. Yeah, I think Dylan Moore ends up getting uh, non-tendered this offseason, if I had to guess. Uh, I do like him as a 26th man on your roster, though. I think yeah. you could do far worse than Dylan Moore as a 26th man. He's a good defender, good base runner, and we have seen him pop off at the plate before. So there's certainly you know the potential there that that could happen again. We saw a lot of power and all that stuff for 20 but that games. That was just what 37 games, and he uh, wasn't even that good in all of 37. It was really like right. a, a month long stretch at most. Sure. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you, you have seen it in a very small sample size, but overall, um, you know, you can do better. Like Colby said, uh, you can and probably should do better. Uh, but if he was on the opening day roster as the 26 man, again, you could do worse than yep. that. But I just I don't really see him uh, being around uh, for for much longer. Uh, this offseason but we'll uh we'll see we'll see how that goes um jo- uh, jesse hazelton at hazel 2j uh on twitter uh asks what do you think the chances are mitch hanniger gets extended what would a contract extension for him look like uh the chances i would say are slim to none uh, I'm not sure how the last couple of months have changed things but the last we heard is that he has no um, interest in signing an extension with the Mariners whatsoever. What do you think, Colby? Uh, I think that there might be some softening up on that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I think the odds of him, you know, starting the year in Seattle are, are pretty high. Um, yes, which is a is a large change over the last few months um, because I think back mm-hmm. in July we were talking about yeah the odds of him getting traded this winter were pretty high. Um, and now I've kind of flipped that. So, um, a couple months can change a lot. So, uh, yeah, there is, there is a possibility. I feel, I feel like it's more likely that he would sign an extension now than it was back in June, July. Sure. Um, but I mean, if the odds go from half and a percent to, sli- yeah, to like 5%, that's significant. Yeah, that's why it's not slim to none because right. if this was a couple months ago and we were asked this, I would have said just none. That's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, so we don't so we don't that's know. That's even a change in tune from me, from what we've heard, right? And so yeah, so we're more optimistic that it could happen. But I think what ultimately is likely to happen is Seattle's going to play out the string this year, see how he does, and then they're going to swap the qualifying offer on him, assuming that's still a thing. We don't know with the CBA, but if it is, then they would just have him for one year at about twenty million bucks. And I mean, that's a little bit much to pay for Mitch Haniger, but for on a one-year deal, fine, whatever. So in, in all reality, Seattle, if, if assuming the qualifying offer does stick around, Seattle basically has him right now on a two-year contract worth about $28 right. million. That's, that's mm. perfectly fine. That's a good deal for Mitch Haniger. That's a solid, you know, it's a good deal for Mitch Haniger for the Mariners and for Mitch Haniger himself. That's about what he would make. So an extension for a 30-plus-year-old, bat who is basically turning himself into a dh right now i mean you're probably looking at i don't know three to five years somewhere between 12 to 15 million dollars a year give or take yeah that sound about right 
like four sixty. Um, I he's not a he's not a hundred million dollar player anymore because you know the injuries yeah. and and the defense. So, um, yeah, I think you could probably get like if everything goes really really good for him in twenty twenty two, maybe he can get twenty million a year on two or three years, maybe four. There's a desperate team out there. That's about it. Like I don't see any team giving him five years. I don't see any team giving him twenty five million dollars. I, I think he's looking at, you know, four and sixty around there. Um, yeah. But who knows? Maybe next year he comes back and it's a, a full year of health and he's a hundred percent back and the defense improves slightly in twenty twenty two. That would help him a lot. But for right now he's a DH. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think what's most likely to happen is they they keep him for this year. They see where they're at in July. Maybe it makes sense to trade them. If they don't, then they'll go in and they'll see how Julio looks. They'll see how Kelnick looks. They'll see how Lewis looks. They'll look at probably the other outfielder they acquire, and they say, okay, does it make sense to keep keep Hanniger around? And if the answer is yes, then I think they just slap the qualifying offer on him. And I think there's a pretty good chance Hanniger takes it. All right, we'll be talking Matt Brash, Chris Flexen, and some players that could regress in just a moment. But real quick, want to remind you this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't you hate it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. Overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mix boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from the low, low numbers of 130 to 180 they only have four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs and all the flavors are amazing tasty and most importantly healthy so go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your order at built.com all right we have three more questions on the docket starting with refuse to lose on twitter at cj we're inga 17 W-I-E-R-I-N-G-A-17. Sorry, CJ, if I mispronounced your name. Uh, but CJ asks, uh, chances of Matt Brash being an opening day starter. So I, I would assume you mean a top of the rotation piece. We're going to go with that. So what do you yeah. what do you think the chances are of that for Matt Brash, Colby? I mean, I, I took it to me like, what do you think the odds are he's in the opening day rotation? Um, okay, th- that could be it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very open-ended question here. Um, if you're talking about what are the odds that he's a top-of-the-rotation piece just in general, like at any point in his career, pretty slim, but that's true of every pitcher. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, there, there, are, there are some concerns about durability and things like that. Uh, I don't particularly subscribe to them, uh, but, like, do I think Matt Brash will ever make an opening day start? I mean, no, not, not purposefully, you know, maybe accidentally, but not, not purposefully. So, um, in, in terms of like, what are his odds to make the opening day roster and be in the rotation for opening day? Uh, zero. So if Matt yeah. Brash is in your opening day rotation, you did something wrong this winter, or you had just yeah. a cataclysm of injuries in your rotation, Matt Brash should be no higher than like the seventh or eighth guy in your yes. rotation. Uh, Either way, training. something's gone horribly wrong, right? <laughs> if he's if he's in your right. rotation, 
Um, yes. You know, we've talked about we've talked at nauseum about not just adding one starting pitcher this offseason. You need to add two, really. You mm-hmm. need to add security in your rotation. Um, and Matt Brash is the antithesis of that. Even though you really like Brash, I love Matt Brash. I think he's going mm-hmm. to be an incredible pitcher at some point at the major league level. Um, but I also, you know, I would not be surprised at all if he ends up getting traded this mm-hmm. offseason as well. Um, I, I I think they I, they would like to not do that, but I also don't think that he they think he's so good that they wouldn't like like Matt Brash isn't going to stop them from getting like Jose Ramirez. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if Cleveland's like yeah, give no us Matt Brash, is, no you're like yeah, okay. is ultimately untouchable. No, like the two guys that we think are like the closest to that are Julio and George Kirby. Yep. I would say Matt Brash is probably a close third. Um, mm. If we're just talking pure prospects, Harry Ford. Yeah, Harry Ford's probably in there as well. Um, you know, but like, I mean, like if we're also talking non-prospects, like technical non-prospects, just young Gilbert pieces. Kelnick, like Jared, yeah. Kel- Jared Kelnick's obviously going to be in there. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if he ended up going. Uh, but in the end, just to kind of put a bow on this, I don't think he's going to be in the rotation whatsoever real, and if he is again probably something's gone really wrong yeah uh real fast on that i figured out why i love matt brash so much okay he's he's basically poor man's max meyer i don't know if you remember my man crush on yes i love on, on university of minnesota right-handed pitcher max meyer uh last <laughs> uh in the draft year of 2020 he went third overall i really wanted seattle to take him at six and, and thankfully they didn't get a chance because I would have been devastated if they had passed on him. But that's okay. They got, they got, you know, they got Walmart brand, uh, Max Meyer and they got him for nothing. So <laughs> kudos to Jerry Ta- Taylor Williams. Where did T Willie end up? He got he released up, late in the year. Be, yeah. He got released by the, by the Padres. Did someone pick him up? I feel like I Pittsburgh remember. maybe or something like that, but yeah, I feel like it was someone like Pittsburgh or Milwaukee or someone picked. Old T Willie up, off of whatever. Great trade, great trade. Yeah, yeah. Chills. <laughs> um. All right, Daisy Dingo at Daisy underscore Dingo wants to know: Could and should Chris Flexen get dealt this off season? He has tons of trade value. Says D- Daisy Dingo, saying uh, citing the how you know affordable he is. Lots of arb years ahead, coming off of a great season. His XFIP and XERA raise concerns, and you have plenty of right-handed pitcher start, uh, right-handed pitching starters in the pipeline. What do you think about maybe taking advantage of Chris Flexen's hot 2021 and uh, capitalizing on that and uh, taking advantage of of the value that he built this uh, this season? Yeah, um, I don't. I don't agree that he has like insane trade value, uh, to be quite honest. Um, he's a good pitcher, and he certainly there would be teams that would be interested in him. But he, he's not a strikeout guy, and then you know those guys tend to do pretty well in the trade market, and the pitch to contact guys tend to not. I mean, Tyler Anderson was a rental, so that's a little hard to compare the two. But teams are going to look at yeah. Chris Flexen much more like Tyler Anderson than they would say. Um, I don't even can't even think of a middle of the rotation guy who was traded at the deadline this year. Um, certainly not Jose Barrios, but you know what I mean? It's like 
I think they're going to more likely look at Tyler Anderson and say, okay, well, if two months of Tyler Anderson is worth this, what's a year of Chris Flexen worth? And it's, it's, I mean, two years of Chris Flexen worth. And it's maybe somebody's Jonathan Classe. Like, yeah, like that's fine, but you'd rather have the guy who helps you, right? In 2022. Yeah. Um, now, trading Flexen for a upgrade somewhere else, like maybe Flexen is a part of, you trade Flexen in a prospect for a number three starting pitcher, like a true number three, then yeah, that they should be open to that. But, um, I don't, I don't really think you're selling all that high on flex. And I, I think, I think he's a good pitcher. Um, not great, but I think he's good. Um, and again, he's so cheap and he's so affordable and, and Seattle needs to add pitching, not subtract it that unless you're yeah. trading flexing for, you know, an upgrade over Chris flexing, it just, you're better off just keeping him and having him hopefully as your number four or number five starter, uh, rolling into next spring. Um, yeah, so- Jerry Savage Sapoto, one of our followers, came up with a deal where um, Chris Flexen was in, involved and, uh, and, and it brought back Tyler Malley of the Reds. Uh, if you can do that somehow, then that's great. But I don't think you're going to be able to do that in reality. And um, I think you're just better off keeping Flexen. And if things you know come together and your rotation is to the point where Flexen's kind of pushed out or he has to compete for a rotation spot, then that's great. Um, but I don't think you should be actively shopping Chris Flexen unless it helps you get something better, like you said. Uh, and again, you know, I just I don't think that the uh, that he's really going to have this trade value that a lot of folks think that he is going to have because uh, you know he just he doesn't strike guys out, and strikeouts are a huge part of Major League Baseball now in terms of evaluating pitchers, and mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't have that. And, uh, you know, like you said, pitch to contact guy, um, you know, there's probably going to be teams out there that just kind of view him as Mike Leak. Yeah. And that's not going to get you a ton on the market. Um, all right. So last, uh, last question here coming from Frank at frankly underscore Mariner. What are some returning players that you feel could see significant regression? And what are some returning players do you see having a sneaky breakout season? Uh, yeah, uh, much more options for the, the, the guys who are going to pop next year. Um, (laughs) you know, Kelnick is certainly the guy who, who really is obvious to, to pop. Um, you know, it, it just makes sense. We saw what he did in September. Um, I think, you know, a sneaky name for that list might be Jake Bowers. I know the Mariners really like him. I don't know if he'll Mm -hmm. survive the winter. I feel pretty good that his 40 man spot is relatively safe unless they go absolutely crazy in free agency in the trade this winter, which they could. Uh, but I think he gets to spring training at least. And, and he's a guy, I know they were making some tweaks to his swing. They really feel like there's even more power there, uh, than he's ever shown. And, and the bat speed is mm-hmm. good. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a guy who pops, um, you know, if he gets another chance, Taylor Trammell is a guy who, uh, yeah, just a grinder. I really like that call. Uh, huh. Um, in terms of regression, I, I think Chris Flexen is actually a pretty good one. Um, and I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to regress to like, you know, be a bad pitcher. I just don't think he's going to be, you know, top 10 in, in ERA and, and, you know, top 10 in the American League in ERA and, and war and all that stuff. So um, he'll probably regress down to a number four. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't really see, I feel like most people, most players, they kind of play to their level. 
I, I think, you know, uh-huh. JP Crawford is probably, you know, basically is who he is. Uh, Abraham Toro is a guy who might pop as well. Um, and, you know, in terms of positive regression, I, I think Marco Gonzalez is going to bounce back. Probably not to, to 2020 levels, um, but 2019 levels uh, is, is more than good enough. And we saw that for mm-hmm. pretty much every start uh, after he came back from his injury. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we saw that mo- we saw Marco most of the year look like Marco, but I think next year you'll see it just more consistently. So a lot more, a lot more positive regression guys than negative regression guys come to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same for me. Uh, the one that really stands out here, the one that you didn't mention was Yusei Kikuchi, who we assume is going to accept his player option. Um, and uh, come back on one year, $13 million. And uh, I really like him as a reliever. And uh, I would assume that he would be back as a reliever in the bullpen. And I think his stuff is going to play up pretty well there. And I could see him having a pretty good year out of the bullpen. Um, And maybe as a spot starter. But, um, yeah, I think he could have a pretty decent year this year. Um, Kyle Lewis, of course, as well. Just coming back from injury, naturally. Um, You know, they've obviously said that, you know, they view whatever he brings back as just kind of a bonus. I think that'll be a pretty big bonus if he doesn't uh, get traded this offseason. But someone that could uh, regress, you know, I'm probably with you there on on Chris Flexen. Uh, You know, there's just nothing really in in Flexen's game that's super um, exciting, right? So it's just it's hard to know if the numbers that he put up this year and being able to survive that way is sustainable, frankly. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I could see him, you know, having a year similar to the one that he did this year. Maybe not as great, you know, where he was a 3F4 pitcher. Um, but, you know, he could be a 2, 2.5F4 pitcher, you know, be fine out of the 4th or 5th spot in your rotation. Hopefully that's where he, he sits when, uh, when the offseason gets wrapped up. But... Um, I could also see him blow up uh, completely because that's just kind of what pitchers in his style kind of tend to do. Um, but overall, yeah, it's, there's not a, a, too many guys that really jump out to mind. Um, obviously, if the you know the swing and miss concerns continue to happen for Hanniger and he loses some of the power as well from this year to next, that could be a problem. I don't see how that would happen though. Um, I think he'll be more than fine, but yeah, there really isn't a, a ton of guys that jump out and it's like, yeah, that guy is absolutely bound for regression. So, um, mostly positive here on, uh, <laughs> on locked on Mariners. Uh, so that's going to do it for our show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on locked on Mariners for Colby Patnode. I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. the C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making Lockdown Mariners your first listen of the day. Every day tomorrow is Mock Trade Tuesday, where we'll scour BaseballTradeValues.com for the best, worst, and weirdest Mariners trade proposals out there. In the meantime, make your second listen of the day locked on MLB prospects. Host Aram Lighton is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And just like us, his show is free and available on all platforms. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.